Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's talk to Matthew Collar. He's joining us now, courtesy of the John Schuster Cole Banker Hotline. I'm surprised you didn't give him any music underneath. What was that? What was that all about? It was uh, it, it was an abbreviated open that somehow. Mm. Okay, all the shade for one Matthew Collar. Matthew, how does that make you feel, buddy? Oh, I'm fine. I, I like, uh, you know, TV shows that start with the dry open, you know, like The Office or something. So I guess that's kind of what we got that here. That was too dry. Yeah, but no, it's uh, that was too dry. More, more football, less music, more football. We need a l- little baseline like uh, Seinfeld or something. Do, 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 football. <laughs> okay, all right. Let's get the train back, back on the tracks. How you doing, Matthew? <laughs> I'm doing great. You- uh, I mean... It's it's been a while. It's been a real long while since I have covered a playoff football game. I mean, Stephon Diggs was still on the Minnesota Vikings the last time I covered a playoff game. Playoffs? I love that's one of my all time favorite sound bites from from Coach Moore. Playoffs, but we're talking playoff football. All right, and so I had earlier on this show Lawrence Tynes, two time Super Bowl winning um uh kicker with the uh New York Giants. Clearly He's giving me his perspective from the angle of the Giants, and he thinks highly of the Minnesota Vikings, loves Justin Jefferson, talks about how elite he is, and he's I guess he's a big fan of Dalvin Cook, too, and he feels like Dalvin Cook gets disrespected. But let me start with this. How do you view the New York Giants? Because the New York Giants, you know, everybody's talking about they're healthier in terms of their secondary and they're this and they're that. How do you view their organization, their their team? And, and we've already seen them play once against the Vikings earlier in the year. Yeah, uh, I think that Delvin Cook actually gets too much respect um, based on priors, not based on what he's been this year. Uh, because there was a stat that he has uh, lost the most yardage over expected. So based on how your team is blocked, how many yards you'd expect to get, he was dead last among starting running backs for losing the most yardage. So I think we hit that wall that we've been talking about for a couple of years, but uh, neither here nor there. Uh, the, the New York Giants, I think, are a team that is very confident right now and that is scary enough to win the game, but not scary enough to be favored. Um, and I think that's right. Like, Could you see Daniel Jones having another good day against this defense? For sure but he doesn't have a Justin Jefferson. Uh, Daniel Jones is absolutely incapable of throwing the ball downfield. I mean, he is the most Alex Smithian Alex Smith I've ever seen. Uh, Only 4.9% of his passes have gone over 20 yards, which is like 
hilarious. You, I mean, that's almost never throwing the ball downfield. So they are a team that has to run. They have to get underneath stuff. They have to have long drives, which is just hard to do. I mean, if you have to run 10, 12 plays and the other team has Zedarius Smith and Daniel Hunter, is one of those plays going to get blown up? Like you would kind of expect that the answer is yes. So they're, they're like capable but not dangerous on offense. And on defense, there's no statistic you can find that makes them look good. Like they have only intercepted six passes all along their secondary. Even if they have a Dory Jackson back, he's not very good. Their linebackers are absolutely horrendous in pass coverage, which we saw with uh, TJ Hawkinson getting 13 uh, catches the last time they played. It really comes down to pretty much one or two guys. And one of them is Dexter Lawrence who is their phenomenal defensive tackle, and then probably Kayvon Thibodeau. I mean, and, and that battle over the right tackle without Brian O'Neill there. I mean, it's really what it comes down to is, can the New York Giants create explosive plays with Saquon Barkley on the offensive side because he is an all-pro caliber talent, and can they sack or strip sack or pick off or cause a tip pass for Kirk Cousins? Because otherwise, I mean, the Vikings should have more talent and, and have enough to win this game um, but there's just a few things that kind of a few players on that team that kind of make you think like if they have a huge game, uh, the Vikings could lose. Well, you know, clearly we know that in the postseason or not just even in the postseason, but just in any football game that turnovers are the contributing in a major factor in any matchup. But take aside from the turnovers. Do you think that the Giants' recipe to try to win this game or the way that they want to go about it is ball control and just, you know, utilizing Saquon like you mentioned and and maybe dinking and dunking because you're talking about the Alex Smith deal. Is, is that just the way that they're going to try to operate on offense? Yeah, that's the thing is that they can't operate in any other way. <laughs> it's the only thing that they really – they, don't, they just don't have the players. I mean, unless Kenny Galladay shocks us uh, and comes off the bench and all of a sudden starts going downfield like he used to do when he would have big games against the Vikings as a member of the Detroit Lions, they just don't have receivers who can really do it. I mean, for the most part, you know, a guy like Ricky James averages 10 yards a catch because they're throwing underneath to him all the time. They just don't have dangerous options at wide receiver or tight end. And even when throwing to Saquon Barkley, I mean, everybody knows that's coming, and he only averages about six yards of reception. So they really don't have anybody that scares you. What would concern you is that if they do have those long drives and they can't convert on third downs, then you're talking about the offense for the Vikings having to sit on the sidelines for a long time. And, I mean, I know it's about the oldest sort of concept there is in football, but if Justin Jefferson's not on the field, then he's not catching touchdowns against you. So, I mean, I think that's going to be part of the Giants' game plan is to run and run consistently against the Vikings team that is pretty mediocre against the run. I think they're 22nd in terms of rushing yards allowed per game. Uh, They need a couple of first-down runs from Daniel Jones that keep drives going, and I think that's helped. And the biggest thing for the Giants, because I do have confidence they can have those long drives, but they cannot turn the ball over at all. If they do, they'll probably lose. And we saw that last time. I mean, that's been their real key to success the whole season. They're one of the best, if not the best in the league at not turning it over. And that's one of the reasons why Alex Smith won so many games, because if you win that turnover battle, you do often win. But, um, you know, I think they'll probably need a couple of explosive plays here or there to beat the Vikings. Talking to Matthew Collar from Purple Insider here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO on the John uh, John Schuster Cole Banker Hotline. So now, when you look at 
the Vikings side of it and you look at that offensive line and how banged up it is. Um, look, in terms of Gary Bradbury and uh, who was it, uh, uh, Brandell's coming back. Like, how do you view that situation? Are you confident that the offensive line is going to be able to hold up against the Giants' defense? Oh, not at all. <laughs> not at all. No. <laughs> he said no zero, confidence. Zero, zero, zero out of ten uh, for confidence that they can hold up. No, I mean, uh, I don't mean to be too uh, dire with that comment, but honestly, I mean, this is a tremendous defensive line that they're facing. Uh, they have stars up there, and they love to blitz. And one of the things that's hard about the blitz is, is it usually takes communication. And if you have all five starters in there, communicating is, is okay. But if you don't, then it's really hard to do with new guys. And they still have a rookie right guard who's struggled all season long. They have a right tackle, whether it's Ole Udo or Blake Brandle. Either one of those guys is not all that experienced and not all that good. I mean, the drop-off for Brian O'Neill to the next guy is just absolutely massive. He's a legitimate star in the league. Um, so going to you know a backup is, is pretty tough there. So they're going to have to maybe limit some of the stuff T.J. Hawkinson can do by putting a, you know, a, a tight end over that right side to try and protect it a little bit or to shift their protection over that way. Uh, they did get good news, though, today that Garrett Bradbury practiced uh, in full for the first time in a couple of weeks. And that was going to be a huge deal because Thursday is kind of the most intense practice of the week. So getting a full participation from him was good, except for we'll just have to wait till tomorrow and see how his back responds. Um, but if he can play, that's much better than having Chris Reed play against Dexter Lawrence. But it's still a huge mismatch. I mean, Lawrence just dominated them the last time that they played so, that, I mean, yeah, they should be very, very concerned about this offensive line. And, and that's the thing is that in almost all areas, I think the Vikings are the better football team except for that one. And guess which one is, is the area that's taken apart the Vikings in a lot of big games in the past? It's that interior of the offensive line, and it's, you know, the pass rush, a strip sack or, or an interception under pressure or something like that. I think that's the thing that probably is going to keep Vikings fans up at night uh, on Saturday night waiting for this game. Well, two first-year head coaches um, that have been around for a while, right? Uh, when you look at Coach Kevin O'Connell and, and Brian Dayball, uh, who do you give the edge to if you give it to anybody? Well, I, I think I would give it to O'Connell because he has Justin Jefferson and Brian Dayball doesn't. And I think that makes your job easier uh, as an offensive play caller. But you know, I think that these are kind of two guys looking in the mirror. They both came from highly successful offenses, highly successful organizations in Los Angeles and Buffalo, and they've been major culture changers and good game planners, and they've really shifted around organizations that were kind of floundering. I mean, you look at uh, O'Connell's approach, and, and when you see the, that they're one of the heaviest pass teams in the league, I mean, that's very different from what they were under Mike Zimmer, where they wanted to run all the time. So they've become a more modern team. They've become a more bonded and close team that believes in itself. Kirk Cousins believes in himself more than he ever has. And I think there's a lot of the same things you could say for the New York Giants, that you know it was there with Daniel Jones that he could be a game-managing guy who could run every once in a while, but no other uh, of the offensive coordinators were able to get that out of him that they had before under Joe Judge. So you know, I think that both of these guys have been major positives and maybe sort of evidence that you should look for you know, when you're hiring coaches, guys that uh, have, like, offensive backgrounds and, and things like that, although Nate Hackett did as well. So maybe it's not a perfect a perfect thing. But these have been two of the best hires 
from the last hiring cycle. And it's going to be interesting how they battle because I think postseason experience does matter. Both of them have a lot of it as coordinators, but not so much as head coaches. Who do you like? Give me a prediction. Uh, I am taking the Vikings here by three points in a high-scoring game because that just makes the most sense to me. So maybe something like 28-25 or 31-28. I don't think they can run away from anybody. I think they're always going to keep the other team in the game because of their defense. But I think when I go through their entire rosters, uh, the Vikings are just a more talented team. Matthew Collar, Purple Insider, talking to us here, talking Vikings football, predicting a slight Vikings victory on Sunday. We'll take it any way that we can get it. Uh, joining us on the John Schuster Cole Baker Hotline. All right, Matthew, I will see you on Sunday at uh, U.S. Bank Stadium. All right, man. See you there. All right, take care. Matthew Collar joining us here. Breaking it down. Check out Purple Insider, please. Matthew's awesome. And he's funny. Matthew's funny when he's when he's not even trying to be funny. That's how funny he is. He is the most Alex Smithian of Alex Smith. That I did not know that like Alex that. Smith. Like, we can use that as a verb now. I like that. Oh, Daniel Jones is going to you know he's going to Alex Smith this weekend. You like, like that? I like that. I like that. I like that. Use it as a verb. All right, coming up next, we got Word on the Street on the Lake Show. All right, it's time for Word on the Street here on the Lake Show. Tomorrow night will not be a full show. We have some full shows this week, which has been fun. But tomorrow night, Timberwolves back in action. The Phoenix Suns in the house. So I have uh, 30 minutes of Lake Show, and then after that, Timberwolves tonight. Man, you got to get the bad taste of last night out of your mouth. Look, Against the Suns? I mean, the, the I Pistons mean what? twice. You, you lost to the Pistons twice. Come on, man. I mean, I'm, that's a tall task is what I'm saying. I know, but Suns are struggling. What do you mean I know? I know that the the Phoenix Suns are on another level, and Anthony Edwards is hurt. I know. I know. I know. Just let me whine. He said that like a little baby. I know. I know. Yeah. Well, one thing we do know is that TikTok star Waffler69. Who? Waffler69. You didn't subscribe to him on TikTok? I have no idea who the hell that is. I'm not well, on TikTok. Okay. Well, he was known for eating tons of fast food and other bizarre items. He's passed away. Oh. The food influencer, whose real name is Taylor, passed away Wednesday, according to his brother Clayton, who believes that Taylor suffered a heart attack. Now, Clayton said that Taylor was uh, experiencing some discomfort, and he'd called his mother. But things got worse, so he called for an ambulance to rush him to a hospital from his house in Louisiana, and he died at the hospital. Now, Clayton says Taylor's dad and grandfather suffered from genetic heart problems. Clayton asked fans to keep Taylor's legacy alive by rewatching the content. Also started up a GoFundMe to help cover funeral costs. Now, Taylor's known for eating a ton of wild and nostalgic food, often putting the meals on top of a random VHS tape for an extra dose of nostalgia. He's chowed down on everything from massive Fruit Loops to octopus spaghetti and even an Adams Family promotional cereal from 1991. Now, he garnered 1.7 million followers on TikTok with a whopping 32.8 million likes across the platform, not to mention his success across Instagram as well as YouTube, where he says he was making content for the past 16 years. He was only 33 years old. Can I ask a question? Yeah. And and, and I'm not any – this is tragic. It's very unfortunate. I mean, 33 years old, you didn't even – man, you barely lived. Yeah, he hadn't even started. But if you – 
in your family have genetic heart problems, why are you eating tons of fast food and other bizarre items? I don't understand that. You're, you're like, just, you're asking for it. You're just exacerbating a problem. I, yeah. I, I, and, I, and look, I, I'm, I'm sad that the person passed away. Yeah, but sometimes people will, I mean, people will do things. That, sense. They'll do things for fame. Like, this is what can make me famous. I'll make famous. Hopefully, it'll make me famous, rather. And hopefully, this heart condition, it doesn't doesn't catch up to me. All right, let me I'm let me I'm taking a look at the uh, I just want to see what he looks like. Okay. Yeah, and he's out of shape. He's overweight. Ah, mm. oh, it's unfortunate, man. Yeah, it 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 really is cuz you see like Adam Richmond when he did Man versus Food or you got like Andrew Zimmern and you know, you got these people that eat all of these random foods, but there's also a significant like consistent health checkups and they're constantly like these people are professionally monitored. It's it's not the same for, like, just the regular Joe to do it. It's harder for us. Hey, Kobe Bryant's game-worn jersey from his sole MVP season is about to hit the auction block, and it could sell for a whopping $7 million. What? Yeah. The signed purple and gold threads Whoa. are yeah, they're from his 2007-2008 season, the only time he won the MVP award. Now, he wore this jersey 25 times, including six playoff matchups. Sotheby's, which is hosting the matchup, Sells the item, and it says that it is the most valuable Kobe Bryant game-worn jersey to ever appear at an auction as the Lakers legend scored a total of 645 points over eight months in this jersey. Now, this is also the same jersey that Kobe was seen tugging on in the first round of the 2008 playoffs, one of the most iconic Kobe Bryant uh, photos of all time. It's influenced popular culture in a way that's seldom seen in the sports community, they say. In California alone, there are more than 15 murals depicting him in this jersey. Uh, it's expected to sell for anywhere from 5 to $7 million. Man, that's a lot of money, man. A lot of money right there. That's um, Look, somebody that's extremely wealthy, somebody with a ton of cash, a ton of money, is absolutely going to get that Kobe Bryant because that's a once-in-a-lifetime item. But at the end of the day, man, that's – um. That's something right there. Yeah, and I mean, when you've got the Kobe Bryant, like, tugging at the jersey, like, that is that is really one of the iconic uh, one of the iconic photos. And one more here, Henry, before we uh, get to our break and then get to your next guest. The mother of one of Jeffrey Dahmer's victims is pissed that Evan Peters won a Golden Globe for portraying the serial killer on Netflix. She says he should have paid tribute to the victims. Now, I know, did you ever watch it? Did you ever watch Dahmer? I did not watch it. It is like super intense and creepy. I know our, our friend Josh Broughton, uh, he was in the show. It's a mm-hmm. great do- it's it's a great series, but it is like super intense. I'm not going to lie. Surely the mother of Dahmer victim Tony Hughes says Evan should have used his acceptance speech to mention the families who are still suffering from Dahmer's crime or to say Hollywood should put an end to telling story about stories about killers and glorifying them. I agree with that too though. Mm-hmm. We 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 should we should there's a way that you can tell a story, but I think that we glorify. Maybe that's not on Hollywood, though. Maybe that's just on us as a society. I, I think ho- there's only so many times that you can retell the same story because there have been tons of different, like, you know, t- yeah. made for TV movies. I mean, no- women walking around now like Ted Bundy was sexy and Ted Bundy was this and Ted Bundy. Yeah. What? It's, Ted Bundy was it, gross. It's, it's funny how we have that revisionist history as we get older and it's glorifying. Because of Hollywood. Um, anyway, in his speech, Evan mentioned how hard it was to do the Dahmer series, but Shirley's questioning why he took the role in the first place. 
She says he shouldn't have played the role out of respect for the family still living with heartbreak from losing loved ones. I can't get behind that because when somebody offers you a part, mm-hmm. you take it. And I know that Evan Peters has taken a lot of kind of very uh, interesting roles, and he's he's a hell of an actor. But if the if it was going to be made, it's going to be made with somebody, and Evan Peters just happened to do it, and he's winning awards. I under I can see both sides of it. Yeah. All right, that's going to wrap up word on the street. But coming up next, after we check in with meteorologist Paul Douglas, hey, you may know Minnesota Vikings football, right? But what do you really know about their story? Fox 9 tonight um, has a special coming on at 9.30. Fox 9 cameras went deep inside the Vikings game day experience with unprecedented behind-the-scenes access before the December 4th game against the New York Jets at U.S. Bank Stadium. That is getting a lot of props. Minnesota Vikings Showtime. Tonight at 9.30, we'll talk to Sean Skinner from Fox 9. He joins us next year on The Lake Show. I love the Minnesota Vikings. You guys love the Minnesota Vikings. Christopher Tubbs has his purple and gold on right now. And uh, we've got uh, playoff football this coming Sunday, 3.30, against the uh, the New York Giants. We talked to Lawrence Tynes, Super Bowl champion with the Giants, a couple of hours ago. But coming up in less than an hour from now at 9.30 on Fox 9, uh, there is a special Fox 9 documentary. It's called Minnesota Vikings Showtime. And joining us now to talk about that from Fox 9 is Sean Skinner. He's joining us on the John Schuster Coal Banker Hotline. Sean, welcome to the Lake Show, man. Thanks for having me, Henry. I'm really excited to be here, and uh, I'm really excited for this uh for this documentary to be uh, available for people to finally see. Yeah, so as soon as I get off at 9, I'm bolting out of here to check this out. Tell me and the listening audience a little bit about what Minnesota Vikings Showtime is. Yeah, so Showtime is, it's the pregame show, right? It's, it's the big brouhaha that they put on before the Vikings kick off. And what the Vikings do is pretty special. They were, they were voted the best in-game sports entertainment of all in North America. That includes the big four sports, hockey, basketball, baseball, football. And what it's doing is they're, they're putting on a show to entertain everybody, and they're using like over 200 people to put on this amazing product that is there to, one, not only get the, the fans excited and ready for kickoff, but also to get the team ready, right? Um, and and it, it's really remarkable. We, we had uh, about 15 cameras that were allowed to go in into the bowels of U.S. Bank Stadium and, and tie to these teams. And that includes the skull line, which is the drum line that comes out on the field, the cheerleading team, uh, the full production team, which is, you know, they bring out the, the, the rune stones and the Viking ship, and they, you know, they deal with all the people uh, as far as how they're, how they're managing all the people on the sidelines. If you've ever been to a Vikings game, you know that there's tons and tons of people down on that sideline. Uh, DJ Ski comes out, and they, you know, they – they have CO2 that shoots out of his DJ booth, and they have, you know, and then they have the control room, which is Skull Vision, and they're up on the fourth floor, and they look down on the field, and they control everything digital that you see as a Vikings fan sitting in your seat. That's crazy, man, because, you know, when you think about what goes into, you know, the pregame festivities, not only in the stadium, but also with the actual production of it all, 
it's a massive deal. I mean, how has that changed in your time in working in television? Oh my gosh, when I when I first started in TV over twenty years ago, like if you if you were covering a Vikings event, there might have been an inflatable some sort of inflatable ship that that was blown up at the Metrodome. Um, <laughs> you know, they did a little bit of a they did a little bit of a of a thing on the black and white scoreboard at the dome. You know, they you know they pl- always played music, but there's nothing. You know, and the Vikings have always had cheerleaders too. Um, but now it is every single moment on the screens, on those giant screens, the ribbons, which are the digital um, uh, markers that go around the inside of the bowl of the of the stadium. Um, they fire the snow from the snow cannons up above, like they control every single digital aspect inside that stadium to create that that show and they they do it in three parts they've got like a video package that runs that's got prince playing and then they and they you know they pre-tape some of that but then they come out live and they have to do it in such amazing timing you've got 200 people you've got drums you've got you know the 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 cheerleaders you've got um flag runners um I forgot their exact title. The, the guys who run with the flag. Uh, you've got the ships, the rune stones, and then you have all the digital pieces. And it's really so remarkable that we were given this access. Um, we had nine photographers on site, 15 cameras. We had 35 hours of footage of these guys doing their thing. Um, you know, hundreds of hours of editing. We, we shot this on the Sunday that the Vikings played the Jets. So I was there. Was, you know, I was there. Yeah, I was at the there. game. Yep. That that was uh, the Dan Barrero honorary game, I think is what it was called. Uh, <laughs> but the, uh, you know, so we were given access back on December 4th and, you know, they didn't, they could have clinched that day, but they didn't, you know, there were some other factors that went into it, but they, we got to see the inside workings and tonight at nine 30 on Fox nine, you're going to get to see this half hour special uh, that shows you, you're basically a fly on the wall if you're watching this thing, right? Yeah. It kind of it kind of feels like a thirty for thirty or or you know an NFL films type thing where you know they, they kind of just you sit back and you just watch it happen. There's no real driven uh, dialogue or, or narration, and uh, to me that that's the uh, really impressive part of of this story is that they are so interactive and they are so vocal and they have so many things that have that can go right can go wrong. Um, and they, they just, they, they're so impressive with how they pull it off each game. Yeah. We're talking to Sean Skinner from Fox nine about Minnesota Vikings showtime tonight at nine 30 on channel nine. And I'm glad that you mentioned NFL films because, you know, I think that the 30 for 30 stuff has been phenomenal here in, in the last, I don't know how many years. Right. And we were all about it during the course of the pandemic with the, uh, with the, the, the bull series and all that stuff. And then we've got all the other, we had the, the one about Lance Armstrong, but going back in the day, this is one of those back in my day takes, right? Is back when I was a kid. I mean, who didn't love NFL films? So when you say NFL films, if this is very NFL films ish, I'm going to be extremely excited and and to, to, to watch this thing in less than an hour from now. I'll tell you what, as as a kid who grew up in the '70s and '80s uh, and cut my teeth in video in the '90s, like Steve Sable and NFL Films was a huge inspiration, and watching how they progressed and they made them these little films, right? Like the music and the drama and they use slow-mo a lot. And it's just inspiring as, as a filmmaker. But then when you get to tie that to a great story, uh, that really 
you know, can drive you as, as a, you know, as a filmmaker, a director. And I, I just love that NFL films, you know, look, pace, you know, we shot this thing, you know, with all of our photojournalists um, to look like, you know, kind of like a little movie, uh, you know, we used frame rates and we used things to make it look much more cinematic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think, I think what we did is we, we, I feel like we pulled it off and, uh, I will just say we had kind of a private in-house screening at Fox nine today. And uh, there were a lot of Viking fans there that were really, really excited about this project. All right. So, so let me ask you uh, uh, one final question here. Um, well, actually uh, one final question and then kind of a sidebar question with that. Uh, how much sure. Mark Rosen is in this production? <laughs> okay. Ironically, uh, Mark Rosen didn't make the cut. What? There's no Mark Rosen. This is all about Showtime. So Mark Rosen, the host of Game Day Live with Don Mitchell and, and, and Pete Bursich and Ron Johnson, like that, that's its own show, its own entity. Uh, uh, Mark did not make the cut this time. So I, I, I hate to disappoint you there. All right, so I'm disappointed in that, but I'm going to tell you why I'm doubly disappointed is because you know damn well I was at that Jets game. You didn't even find me. You could have you could have put the camera on me. I got a face for television. Come on, man. Man, I was I was directing 15 cameras. You would have been a perfect <laughs> person for us to put on TV. I will tell you this real quick uh, since I, since we're at the end here. Um, 9:30 tonight on Channel 9 on Fox 9. But the cool thing is if you go to fox9.com/showtime You'll also get to watch mm. the world premiere if, if you're not in if you're not in Minnesota if you're not here able to see it on Fox Nine you can watch it there and what happens there is basically it's a YouTube world premiere which will let you uh, interact with other viewers in real time so you can you can message and, and text with real with viewers uh, as you're watching it you can talk about your game day experiences and what you love about going to US Bank Stadium. And, and, you know, and how you appreciate Showtime, just like the rest of us Viking fans. That's awesome, man. 9.30 tonight, Fox 9 documentary, Minnesota Vikings Showtime. Make sure that you check it out. We're coming up, what, 45 minutes from now, Sean Skinner from Fox 9. Hey, Sean, man, a pleasure to have you on talking about this project, man. Congratulations. Thanks, Henry. I appreciate it. And uh, go Vikings. All right, go Vikings. All right, uh, that's going to wrap up talking about Minnesota Vikings Showtime which I'm going to be checking out in 45 minutes. I hope that you guys do too. We're going to wrap up this show after a break. Coming up next. All right, I want to, you know, pat myself on the back for a second because I just spoke a Minnesota Wild goal into existence. So in the commercial break, I look up at the television, one of the four that we have in here, and I said, I can't believe we haven't scored quite yet. I looked down, and 10 seconds later, I looked back up, and we scored a goal. Oh, wow. Official got wiped out. Mm-hmm. Is he okay? I don't know. Did you did you call that too? I should have. Yeah? Apparently the Islanders are still in the power play. I don't even know what happened, but yeah, you Oh, he You should take Oh, I think he oh, took he, a, he, he took tried a puck. To, he tried to he tried to duck the puck. Can't, can't duck the puck. He tried to jump up. That's bad luck trying to duck the Is puck. Is he all right? I think he's going to play on. I yeah, think he's good. Because he's a hockey official. Even the officials are badass. I will say this. The officials really did help out the Gophers tonight. Mm-hmm. They, oh, they, there was a blocked shot. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about it's two seconds left in the game. Yeah. And Gopher player, phenomenal shake and bake. 
Like he he here it is right here. They're showing it right now in FS1. Yeah, he went between the legs, dropped the defender. The defender like slipped and fell. Yeah, he. <laughs> yeah, it's like he was on They're showing ice. Showing it right now. He had him on ice skates. Yeah, and then another guy from Ohio State came over from the, the back defender, side. Yeah. The help defender. Yeah, came up and and blocked it. It was clean too. It like, was like a block dunk. Yeah, and, and they called a foul. And what, what I thought, like I'm like, okay, well maybe they said it was with the body because I was looking at the hand. I was looking Not at the at arm, and I'm like. The arm, that looked good. And all of a sudden, it was like, damn. But yeah, the, uh, the the Gophers got it. And how about that? Okay, you just keep talking smack about the Minnesota Wild. You just Let's keep go. doing it. Let's go! You just keep doing that. Every time I talk smack about the Minnesota Wild, all they do is score. Who scored that one? I I don't know. But I can tell they're pretty they're pretty upset at you, Lake. I know Mozzarella got the assist. I can't tell. I can't tell. I can't tell the number. I can't tell either. Man, let's go. So uh, you got any of those? Uh, you got any of those bad vibes for the Vikings? What can you talk? Sam Steele. Sam Steele. Sam Steele. Okay. Eighth so, goal of the season. Let's so, go. So what can you say bad about the Vikings? For uh, you got any bad vibes that you can talk smack about the Vikings for Sunday? Maybe, Our may- offensive line sucks. Yeah, okay. Bradbury sucks. Keep coming. Give me that negativity. Adam Thielen can't hold up in the course of a game. Justin Jefferson, you're overrated. I'm not crazy now. No, so, no, no, no. You I'm need. I'm not crazy now. You, you got to put a chip on that shoulder, man. See, I can't do it because they know how much I love them. Gosh. I want to stay with the Wild. I want them to keep putting them goals. The Wild are not capable of putting up three goals in this game. Can I change them and get another you, goal? Yeah, quick? You, you know who scored three goals in a in like two minutes? Any other team? <laughs> oh man! I mean, we have to talk a little football tomorrow, right? Like even in that thirty minutes. Yeah, I leading think, up to Wolves basketball. Yeah, I think we'll probably do like it's our last chance. Yeah, we'll do all Vikings. Do you like the fact that we're the three thirty game on Sunday? I'm mind. good with that. Yeah, I, actually, I'm good I with like that. that. Do you see people talking about primetime, Kirk? It's like, this is not primetime. It's, it's not even primetime. It's, it's a late window. Look, I just like the fact that I don't have to get up super early on Sunday. Yeah. Oh. Big plan Saturday night, huh? No. I'm just saying, like, if if it's a noon game, <laughs> you're arriving at TCF Bank Stadium. I'm mean, not TCF Bank Stadium. U.S. Bank Stadium yeah. at, like, 10. And that's early? See, 10 a.m.? That's late. On a, a noon game, yeah, people are walking in there at like eight something in the morning. Oh yeah, I'm talking like yeah, as a member of the media, like that's what I'm talking about. Uh, well, I'm not going as a fan. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going. I'm in the press box. You're going to work. Yeah, you're going so, to work. So my my point is, is that with it being a three thirty, that means what? You get there at twelve, twelve thirty. Yeah, that's I'm fine with that. <laughs> with this. Well, well, they still I mean, be serving why, why, breakfast food. Yeah, but see, why? Why do you feel you got to get there? Like, is there like, does all the like good food run out from the? That's the, just that's just typical press box behavior. Yeah. Is if people are getting there like three hours before the game, yeah. that mean you have to. You have to be there three hours early. Yeah, but I'm not going to be d- dealing with the last minute traffic and all that stuff either. Okay. See, I. I don't even know the last time I went to a game as a member of the media. It's been a long time. We're season ticket holders. Well, like, yeah, because yeah, you're, you're a fancy season ticket holder. Yeah, that's and, that's, yeah and, and for me, it's you're like... You're fancy. You're fancy. Hey, I got season ticket money, baby. Look at you. I know. Been doing it since 09.
No mess around with no broke, broke, broke. No. <laughs> Tell you, my wife's very first Vikings game, I said this to you and Paul, was that game against the Niners in 09 when Brett Favre threw that pass to Greg Lewis. And at the end of the game, like she was watching it with her eyes, over her hands over eyes. She's hmm. like, I can't watch. I'm like, I've seen this enough. I said, it's time for Brett Favre to stick it to somebody else. I used, you know, that's cleaning it up. But, and lo and behold, it happened. And she's been married into this misery ever since. But yeah, we're, we are going to be there. We'll go uh, get a little grub before we head down to the stadium, and it'll be fun. But we won't be there three and a half hours early. Yeah, I think that, look, I think that for me, yeah. on Sunday, a good time to get down there is about one fifteen, one thirty. Okay. Right? Don't you think? Yeah, I would say. Other games going on, I have my laptop up and watch that and everything, so. There you go. Yeah, I, th- I think for you, you know, being there, yeah, I would say a couple hours early. Maybe two walk and a half. the concourse, go give me a T-Rex cookie. There you go. There you go. That'll do it. All right, uh, that's going to wrap up the show. Let's go Gophers. Lindsey Whalen. Minnesota and Rutgers tied at 45. Hopefully they'll get a victory. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Lake Show. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.